slash and cast. And we are live! Welcome, fiends, to Handle a Whiskey presented by the Slash Incast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. And uh, we have a full house tonight as we are wrapping up Zoophobia uh, with our guest selection for tonight. So joining us again is our good friend, Grindhouse Zombie. Zombie, how are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm doing great, buds. Uh, this was so fun. That you um you asked me to pick a movie for this because um I picked a movie that was sixty years old, <laughs> um not really realizing that it was sixty years old, but one that um it impacted me profoundly, um so it's it's honestly really fun to talk about it. Um mm. I don't think a lot of old horror gets enough uh, due, so I this is gonna be fun. I I love this movie. Absolutely, and uh, this week I'm going to take more of a backseat just because I know you and Holly in particular definitely have a much deeper connection to it, uh, both from a movie perspective, but also in real life, uh, in Holly's case. So I'm going to be a little bit more hands-off compared to what I normally am, but uh, it's still a really fun revisit. You know, it had been a really long time since I had gone back to really watch any Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, And tonight, guys, in case you don't know, we are talking about The Birds release in 1963. And of course, as you can see, joining me again are my co-hosts, John and Holly. Guys, how are you doing? We're doing good. Good, good. Back in the same room. Mm-hmm. I promise I won't give you COVID. No, yeah, no, <laughs> you don't have COVID anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just don't like cough or spit in his mouth, Holly, okay? Well, be good. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> I promise I won't give you herpes. Is that the same promise? I, just, <laughs> I can promise that. I can promise that. I promise that a couple of times and I, I, I didn't keep my promise. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, if somebody's promising not to give you herpes, they're probably going to hit you. They're probably going to give you herpes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> and that's why that? you should always get tested. <laughs> Wear a condom. Yeah. Yeah, John. Wear a condom. You learn important things listening to this podcast. Yeah. Like wear a condom now. Yeah. Or 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 you just learn by fucking up, you know? It's just it's part of life. Most people have herpes anyway. Big deal, right? (laughs) Big whoop. Isn't it like uh isn't like cold sores herpes? Yeah. Yes. So I mean we're, today yes, we're, we're not talking about herpes. Today we're just talking about herpes and birds. <laughs> do birds spread herpes? Probably. They do everything. I mean, they spread the flu. We know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. <clears throat> okay. And they also shit everywhere, except in this movie. Yeah. Which is honestly, yeah. honestly, yeah. the most unrealistic thing about this entire movie is the lack of yeah. bird shit everywhere. Yeah, especially after when they clean up that living room when all the birds come through the the chimney. The chi- yeah, 
Yeah, there should have been bird poops everywhere. And there should have been bird poops yeah. on the people. Everybody should have been covered in white shit. All the broken furniture and all the all the broken teacups, and there was not one guy with a snow shovel like <laughs> cleaning up bird. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, let's not jump too far. Dear ahead. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Way to fuck up. <laughs> That's too unseemly for a British gentleman like Alfred Hitchcock I guess so. to have poop everywhere in the movie. But that means they had to actively clean it up because they had real birds on the set. Yeah, so there's means... no way that a bunch of birds yeah. didn't die in the making of the oh, bird. Oh, for sure. There's no yeah. way a bunch of birds died. There's no as there's no message in the credits that says no animals were harmed during the making. <laughs> you know how they have that S. I don't think that wasn't message. a thing back then, was it? No, I don't think it was a thing. I mean, there were there were a couple of times where like people were like just ringing birds' necks, and I was like, I wonder if that's a puppet. Is that real? Bird? Or is that an animatronic bird built in the 1960s? Oh, the seagull, the seagull through the window. He's like <laughs> throttling the sea. Yeah, like he was mm-hmm. throttling the seagull, and it was like, how did that? Hmm. Yeah, that was a little too realistic for even my. I opinion. was. I was like, yeah, that bird just got the shippy out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet, there's no shit around. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah literally none. Yep. <laughs> but we gotta start at the beginning. We gotta of start at the beginning, and T, we, we will need some guidance. I think you should shepherd us through this. All right. Well, uh, important to note, like in regards to like location, this is set in San Francisco. We open, you know, we're in the early 60s in this case at a pet shop uh, where we meet Melanie, uh, who is being pursued by a lawyer, uh, which is kind of like unbeknownst to her at the time. Uh, and Mitch is basically coming in trying to buy some love birds for his sister because uh, she is celebrating her 11th birthday. And uh, he actually recognizes Melanie because she has appeared in court uh, for some sort of like joke that went wrong. I honestly can't remember like exactly how they explain that one. <laughs> it's never explained. <laughs> no, and I think what, what it comes down to is, well, basically the whole scene is just setting up her character, right? Mm-hmm. So her background, which I thought, you know, I was talking to John about this before we started recording that. That was one of my favorite parts about the movie was just how, well, at first, how smart they were about, uh, you know, developing her character through small clues and and a little bit of background. Uh, and then later on, they kind of hammer it on hammer on it a lot, where like she was nude in a fountain, and you're like, all right, take it easy. But um, but at least in the beginning, uh, there's this great scene where Mitch takes off and she doesn't know his name, so she races down to see his license plate. And then she calls up her dad's newspaper, right, to use the resources there like she owns the place because she owns the place. And so I I thought that was just so smart to say, okay, so she comes from money. Her dad's got power. She gets to abuse said power. She uses these departments like they work for her. And and she's getting, like, private information very easily. So you get to know that, yeah, she's rich and she's entitled and... uh, a, l- a bit of a loose cannon. Mm. A little bit of a loose cannon. But, you know, if you wear your skirt to the knee, you're fine. So, oh, well, most definitely, yeah, that she's a bit of a loose cannon. But she's also has this, she has this sort of endearing, like, I think I like him. And I'm going to, it, it, granted, what she does is very stalkery. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is one of, like, the first, like, we're going to introduce a full-blown stalker movies. Um. Because like if you 
have to call your daddy's newspaper. You have to buy some birds. You have to drive down the PCH. You have to do all these things to go to a place just to deliver some birds that when once you drop them off, you run away scared and get back in your MG and drive away. I mean, she is a legitimate, like, first movie-introduced stalker. Um, oh, yeah. So, there's so much of her that cool she's... But it's, it, go, it goes both ways, though, because... He, the guy, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so an interesting thing I noticed, I had to watch the opening scene twice because it was confusing. Uh, uh, but um, an interesting thing I noticed is, so, uh, or funny, they started in Union Square in San Francisco. Right. And I like how they pan across and you see the actual billboard that says San Francisco, where yeah. it's almost like in movies when they put the, title of you know where they are but they just did it physically by showing a sign that literally said it mm-hmm. but what an interesting detail i noticed re-watching it was that uh someone whistles at her when she walks in and she's kind of like oh she kind of smiles was it a bird <laughs> uh, it's like a cat call whistle oh i see and uh and she reacts, she's like, oh, and then that's Mitch, though, because that's Mitch, because the thing is, Mitch that. is actually stalking her as well. They're stalk- they stalk each other because Mitch comes in. This is totally weird. And I thought really sinister and weird because uh-huh. Mitch comes in. And he's like, oh, first he pretends like he. Yes, he's he pretending pretends he doesn't like, recognize her and mm-hmm. he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. But when he kind of confronts her a little bit, he's like. Oh well, I know who she's like. I don't know who you are. I've never met. And then she gets all mad. Yeah, like she wasn't fucking with him two minutes ago. (laughs) But he's he says, "Well, I know who you are." And then he just starts to walk away. And she's like, "Wait a minute, what are you doing?" Fuck you, Will. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually saw her. So he saw her at court, which is what he says. That's how we recognize her. She's like, he's a lawyer. But he saw her. Walking on the street, recognized her and followed her. Cat called her, <clears throat> followed her into the shop, and then pretended to not know her and pretend, and then did a weirdly like sinister, I know who you are, you know, and then walked away like that. I thought it was like it almost felt like they were setting up something much darker in the mm-hmm. beginning where because ah. you, you don't know she's a socialite mm-hmm. until later. And so she has this potentially criminal past and he's sort of like, well, I know you. And I thought maybe he's like an investigator and he's on her trail or something. Mm -hmm. But really it turns out he just saw her and thought she was hot and then followed her. (laughs) uh, It's not stopping. It's super attractive. Well, yeah, this, this whole movie, there is a battle of the cock of the walk the whole Mm -hmm. time. Like, like, like I saw you, I saw you. Mm-hmm. And they just like, I mean, they basically battle like, I don't know if it's chicken claws or like the seagull beaks or whatever, the <laughs> whole movie, like they're just going back and forth and back and forth because they both, they both like each other, but they both come from a place of, I, I hate to say it, but like dominance, mm-hmm. where it's like neither one can admit that they like each other, you know? Uh-huh. And so like, 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 even as she does like her pretend, I work at the bird shop thing. And he's like, oh, do you, you know, and they, they go through that whole thing. But as the whole thing goes on and it's like, but there's this moment where I think she realizes like she's, she hasn't lost, but she's behind. So yeah. when, when she realizes she's behind, she's like, I'm going to get these lovebirds. 
I'm going to find out where you live. <laughs> I'm going to go out to Bodega Bay. You know, not, and she goes to his apartment first. Yeah. <laughs> not only is it yes, uh, and drops them off. Tries to drop them off. Yes. Yeah. Not only you is it he would be coming home to dead birds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, not only <laughs> check it, mate. Yeah. Hey, here's your present. <laughs> it's like not only is it stalkery because I mean we get we kind of get that they're attracted to each other in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it's also just like the ultimate pettiness mm-hmm. that she felt so strong she needed to get back at him so much yeah that she was willing to just drive a hundred plus miles to another place just to do a little prank on him where she gives him some birds well i think we've established she's a rich girl with not a lot going on she's got, yeah she's got free time she's got free time yeah. to fuck around with random dudes on the street that are although not. she is helping put one kid through school remember oh that's you right know, yeah I, but I think she's, I think this is that place in her life where she's like finally figuring out that she's been a bit of a douche. And like, yes, you know, right. She has to like get her shit together. Mm-hmm. And like, and with him, she, she finds him and she's like, she has to get her shit together. So it's like, I'm going to do this like big, ostentatious thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it's, you know, it's equivalent to being young, and it's like, I love you. I'm gonna give you a cat as a present, and it's like it's not understanding that, like, it's a great present, but now I'm sucked into this shit for twenty fucking years, and I don't even <laughs> know how long. Birds are. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, well, I, well, and the lovebirds are great. The lovebirds are great, but it's like when it when it's actually for the sister Kathy, and he's like trying to do his thing. It's like she never gives him a minute to like, like fully express that. She's just like. She just was like, ooh, idea. And she just goes. Yeah. You know? and I, Although, I loved how, I mean, she is very also, I mean, you can say it's like a tit for tat kind of thing. They're kind of going back and forth, but mm-hmm. it's a very strong show of dominance. Like you were saying, Zombie, to be like, oh, hey, I found out where you live. <laughs> I came out to see your mother and your your young sister who's 20 years younger than you for some fucking reason. <laughs> Who I kept thinking was his daughter. I know. Oh, oh, but they should have made her a niece or some shit. Yeah, because she's still left like a divorced dad or something. Mm-hmm. Like, or a widowed dad, you know? Oh, but what I was trying to get at is, like, I loved how everybody was so aware of how aggressively she was pursuing him. They were like, oh, lovebirds. I see. <laughs> like, twice. Like, the teacher does it and the mom does it. And they were like, oh, lovebirds. I see. <laughs> yeah, We're like, I see her. You're putting it on a platter. I get it. Yeah, everybody does that through the whole movie, though. It's like when she's at least first coming into Bodega Bay, she's everything she does is super aggressive. It's obviously super outside of her wheelhouse, where she's like, Do you know how to run a boat? And she's like, Well, of course I do. Yeah. And it's like, and she obviously has no fucking clue. She has no idea. I don't know. You know? She was confident getting in and out of that shit because i am afraid of water like nobody's right up until she banged into the dock hardcore and was like oh shit rope okay let's go and she just but she wasn't like this <laughs> the beauty of it is she was confident the whole time yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what she did she was confident as hell yeah because yeah. i would have tilted that fucker i would have been in the water in like no minutes. Oh, i would have drowned <laughs> i would have been a fucking floating body i like just i would have washed up under the golden gate bridge and people would have been like oh <laughs> Anonymous tat- tattooed guy. Yep, and then <laughs> zombie would be over there getting picked apart by the seagulls. It, well, exactly. <laughs> I, I hope I hope something feeds on me, but I'm not. I, I kind of pray for that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but just her, like her, her like super over indulgence in her. 
I almost want to say cockiness. She's cocky as fuck. This the whole the time audacity. Like, she's audacious. Yes, <laughs> it's just, and she's just like, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get it. You know, and it doesn't matter what it takes, but she's gonna do it. And, and it's she- really interesting too, because I mean, like, it's the 1960s. I feel like uh, I'm guessing men don't want to be uh, pursued in that way, in that aggressive fashion. Although she is incredibly attractive. And rich, so she can get away with a lot. Well, well they show, except for Mitch. Mitch, Mitch wants to be, perf- and and yes, Holly, her hair is perfect for most like of the Like spun movies. gold, like spun oh, it gold. It totally is. It totally is. Yeah, it's just it's flawless. But I think she she also wants to like she she wants to like exude this like I'm confident, whatever else. But she also, as the movie breaks down, she also wants to be. This little piece of her that has spent her life as being like this super spoiled dilettante, and she but she wants to be taken care of. She wants someone to kind of mm-hmm. scoop it in, like like sweep her off her feet and make things perfect for her. But she just doesn't quite know how to like let things go. Right, and, and I mean, and the other part of it that was pretty psychotic was um, the nonstop lying. So she gets up there and she meets with uh, with Hayward. I can't remember the the teacher's first name. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that? Annie. Annie. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And so lies to her, goes to Mitch, lies to Mitch about being friends with her and staying with her. Comes back, rents the room, continues to lie. Like this is all like a shit ton of lying. Like she didn't have to lie that much. She could have made some other shit up, you know. <laughs> And she lies to the guy when she comes into town. She lies to the guy that, to get some info that right. works at the store to find out about the daughter's. The, yeah, the, or, the, the daughter's the name. Sister, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, the sister's oh, name. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Happy. yeah. yeah. No, and she yeah. lies to everybody. And even it's, even when Suzanne Plachette, her the character Annie, knows about it, she helps continue the lie, which is even like more awesome. Like, it's like, well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Small town. Fuck it. Let's just roll the dice and see what happens. I love that. I really love that. But that's the thing. Like, you know, it's such a small town. There's no way that all this lying can pan out in her favor in the long run. Right. These are short term solutions. If she is meaning to stay with this dude one week, everybody would find out about all the lies. You know, like it's it it was just such a it's such a careless or it's no, it's reckless. It is straight up reckless. And it also speaks to her personality, which you know, at the, at the end of the day, this is a movie about a bunch of birds going crazy for a little while, and there's no fucking reason for it. So to build this whole world around it is, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was such a smart thing to do. Yeah, because especially, like, in these small towns, like, word gets around. You know, everyone knows yeah. everyone. Like, there's no dirt getting swept underneath the rug. So if something happens, literally everyone knows about it. It just echoes mm-hmm. completely. So you just really can't Which get away with everything. Do. Yeah, and they all did basically know, because... When she's asking about Mitch and everything, everyone who she talks to kind of already knows what his situation is. Right. And they all know that he's like the eligible bachelor. That, go, that goes to San Francisco yeah. and back mm-hmm. every weekend. So it's like, okay. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it's like, and you know, that's how she gets her information about him too, is, is like asking around. But also it's an just to go back a tiny bit, it's also awfully coincidental when she goes to the his apartment initially before Bodega. Right. And just happens to run into the neighbor who gives all that info to her. Oh, that's a lot of info, like, yeah. But that was lucky, otherwise dead birds, no movie. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> which in reality, that's what would have happened. She would have, 
gotten up and been like he 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 and left the birds and then not <laughs> didn't know he was gone for a week and that was the end of the movie totally. <laughs> it's like until he shows up again later and then like throws those dead birds in her in her face at her dad's office in the Once middle of the thing yeah. that's a serious commute to work by the way to, well, to he live he spends, in Bodega. Well, he has oh, yeah. The yeah. oh yeah he has he stays there during the weekdays yeah. and then comes back for the weekend but uh that's a pretty sweet setup though because bodega is gorgeous mm -hmm. and to go up there like every weekend and then back to san that's that's the fucking life mm -hmm. i mean sign me up but also i liked uh when she drives to bodega she's squealing the tires around yeah. every uh, turn and then like the the, the, they, the shot the of the birds like so leaning yeah. into the turns that was awesome again and reckless Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, uh, the word I kept thinking for her was frivolous. Oh, frivolous. She, like, she, like, she's living a life where, like, nothing matters. Well, also, I mean, like, you know, we, we think about her being so mature because she's wearing such a, a smart outfit, you know, like the matching, you know, mm -hmm. blazer shirt, you know, skirt thing, and her hair's done up perfectly, but mm -hmm. there's no way she's older than, like, 24. Well, and that's something that popped into my head is um and there's actually i can't remember the name of the video there's a really great youtube video about this that i just watched recently about mm -hmm. how uh people looked older in the past than they do now mm -hmm. and that was the interesting thing is i think they both may have been in their 20s yeah but they looked like they were kind of in their 40s well they were already the adulting a lot harder than we all do now yeah so. True, true. But it's also maybe the styles, the clothing styles and the hairstyles. If where you were in a hat, that. I think you would look older right mm -hmm. now. You should, yeah. And anyone hat. in a suit looks, automatically looks older too. Maybe like, maybe older is not the right word, mature, mm -hmm. in charge of shit. But people definitely, oh, and I reckon just to sidetrack, uh, the main actor guy, Mitch, mm -hmm. uh, I recognized him right away from uh, one of my favorite childhood movies, uh, the H.G. Wells Time Machine oh, movie cool. from the 1960s yep. that he's in. Uh, and that was the main thing. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Time Machine. Very cool. But I, and I, you know, this, I'm sure we've all seen this movie before mm -hmm. and probably similar, like, this is one of those movies that I've seen in chunks on TV randomly throughout my entire life, you know? But it's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched it. And, and with, the, really with a critical eye too, yeah. yeah. So I, it was really like watching it for the first time for me. I did not realize how much story there was in this movie. I Like all my memories of it when I think of it are the bird attacks, mm -hmm. you know, and all the bird scenes. And so to my mind, it's this movie where the birds are attacking and people are hiding and getting away from the birds. But that's really just the kind of the last, you know, chunk of the movie and not the first half of the movie right and i also like to point out how tippy hedron was wrong about just about everything she did in the movie every time she did anything she made things worse like where all the kids were safe in the school and she was like we gotta get these kids out in the street <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand that at all although in fairness what do you do you know it's like i don't know Put them in a room without windows. <laughs> and board up. Well, it was, you know, they kept doing that thing in the movie uh, where uh, 
it's like things are just starting to kick off, so there's still disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are like, eh, like maybe nothing's happening. And then sure. other and people are like, the they attacked us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the one criticism I'll give the movie is they kind of kept restarting that. Mm-hmm. Like where later there would be scenes where people were doing that. And it was like, okay, there's been like three major attacks now. People should know about this. We shouldn't be still having people saying, like, what well, this is, you know. Well, you know, that, know that old lady that was really smart and knew all sorts of things about birds. The Van, she was the Van Helsing. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> she's, she's Helsing? Professor Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the old, like, scientist character who has she's all great. The, the knowledge. I'm like, she probably lives alone with a bunch of cats in Bodega Bay. I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> But also, Bodega Bay is really swank. I mean, like, it looks like a small town, but that's like money, you know? Like, only people with money live there. Well, now. Like, serious money. Well, yeah, now. Maybe back then. I think it was probably a lot. For sure. Back, back then, back you back could then. be a widow with two kids and have a house in Bodega, and, and then your son have an apartment in the city, and, and you probably have boats and horses and shit. Although, the cool thing about Bodega is that it's still not it's probably relatively expensive to try to buy like a house there yeah but it's not an expensive area mm-hmm. to just go to and hang out and visit, right you know? that's true it's not like a fancy and all the buildings area. are the same old you know wooden <clears throat> yeah so it looks not a themed. it looks pretty much the same except a lot smaller they made it look huge in the movie so yeah and i was looking at you know roads and things when she was driving out and it it looks similar, but there's definitely more it's been houses and buildings. Yeah. yeah. But not a lot, though. It still kind of looks similar. I thought the driveway looked a little extra romantic than it actually is mm-hmm. nowadays. But again, 60 years. The drive out there. Mm-hmm. There were some matte paintings, I noticed. Oh, on the drive. They did go. some stylized shots that were like not actual. They might have been studio shots or shot mm-hmm. like in L.A. or something like that. And then, but there were a few matte painting shots. But uh, we've been monopolizing back, the yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> to get back to the characters and everything. So the very first attack, well, she gets attacked when um, she drops off the birds after a lot of sleuthing, a whole lot of sleuthing. <laughs> right. She drops off the birds, and incidentally, does she stalking. ever have a fucking? Does she pay for or that fucking? Oh, it also be What's that? So it could also be stalking and not sleeping. Yeah, technically stalking, <laughs> for sure. And she didn't even thank the dude for getting her that boat. She was just like, I have a boat. I'm Daniels. And then- she is officially a prankster. That is her. Uh, that's like what, in the beginning, it's like she goes, her trial and her a broken plate glass window right. uh, was because of being a prankster. And she sort oh. of defends her. Her I really like the character in general, her. but when you talk when you talk about her like that, you're like, oh, she's just a rich girl who likes to prank poor people. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> we never find out what happened with that initial thing, but it's like it's she did a prank though. that caused the full plate glass window to get that broken. caused a full trial to get kicked off. <laughs> and people went to yeah, people went to trial. They were criminal attorneys. Like shit, something bad happened. Yeah, because you could have just paid it off, right? If it was just like damage. Property damage, but no. No. But all right, so, let's refocus. Let's refocus. Okay. So what about the so the boat? We were talking about the boat, which is interesting because that was a funny scene when she 
Uh, first of all, I don't know why she took the boat. She could have driven. She wanted to surprise Mitch. She didn't want to come in through the on the road. She was being tactical. She yeah. was being sneaky. It was a short way. It was a short way across the bay. That's what it was. But I love when she's hiding. When he, I was like, oh, yeah. she's <laughs> like fifteen feet offshore. He can see her clearly, but luckily, <laughs> luckily in the movie he could see her clearly. Even when she was trying to duck down with her, her golden hair, like, yeah. just sitting on top of it. It's like, what are you doing? Jesus <laughs> Christ, to be hundred. Melanie Daniels. Yeah, it's basically like yeah. the equivalent of like trying to hide behind like a light post. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> If, you, if I can't see you, you can't see <laughs> yeah. me. Method. Just one and I thought it was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I remember thinking, because I had seen the movie before, but to your point, just I only remembered bits and pieces. And uh, I was getting so engaged into into the story that was happening, like the, the, the budding romance or the stalking situation, mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, wait, right about now, we're supposed to get a bird attack. And uh, but I just I, I just wanted to point out that point that out because I thought it was neat how we kind of the the movie's called The Birds. You would have seen the trailers. You knew birds attacked, mm-hmm. but then you kind of get sucked into the story that's happening, you know. And and so I thought that was that was great that you know Hitchcock did a really good job getting us to mm-hmm. care about the characters. Mm-hmm. I was invested. You know, I think uh, you were talking about how she's really kind of aggressive. And, you know, would guys, like, kind of be into that, like, back then, you know, where usually the guy is the aggressive one. But I think the idea was that since he was, like, a criminal attorney and had this kind of, like, life of, like, because remember what his Ooh. sister says, like, all his friends are hoods. Yeah, his sister was a little, <laughs> it's a little intense. Let's yeah, say. yeah. And so I think the idea was that he was kind of attracted to Tippy. Because she's a hood. Because she's kind of a hood. And <laughs> she's, she's a kind of a sassy, <laughs> like, you know, doing the wrong thing. She's kind of she's pushing dangerous. the edge a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of dangerous. But she's got, like, on the surface, she's very put together and looks great. But underneath, she's a little she's bit a wild. wild cat. Yeah. She's wild. <laughs> so in this relationship, then, who's bringing the handcuffs? Oh. <laughs> He is. <laughs> well, he has them, but she uses them. <laughs> yeah, she's going to use them. That's why, because we see um, his ex, who, you know. The school teacher, yeah. Who, mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's bad for her because she's like, I stay living in the town because I just want to be near him, even oh. though he broke up with me. It's like, oh, man. Wait, well, like, wait a minute. She didn't say that. She I did. Sub- subtext. Wait, oh, she no, she did. She said that. She said that she's in that town to be near him. She said yeah. that. She literally, because uh, they have that, conver- they have a, a very awkward conversation. I just love how Melanie doesn't give a fuck. She's like, yeah, I'm going, that's the guy I'm going to fucking bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any tips? And then poor Annie's just sitting there in her apartment being like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All I had to do was pounce on him. I get, I get it now. <laughs> she was too much and of a every, every one of those awkward lady conversations with them. Oh yeah, no, definitely. The, yeah, no. That you bring up the smoking. Uh, I love. I, it actually occurred to me uh, when watching this movie that obviously this is 1963 smoking is still uh, super. Like everyone does it, right? Uh, and so 
This movie has smoke breaks <laughs> built into it, I noticed. You, oh, really? Like, not, not only the famous uh, playground scene, <laughs> but there's even another one, I think another one, and maybe a third one where literally it's like all the I'm characters going out doing to take smoking. a smoke. Oh, I see what you're talking well, like, about. She goes out to like have a smoke, mm-hmm. and then she's just hanging out having a smoke, and then we see the birds start to gather. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like this movie has literal smoke breaks in it. <laughs> I'd forgotten. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, John. <laughs> that's awesome. You're right. You're right. It has it has literally union smoke breaks built into it. You're right. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, that's what this was sixty years ago. That's what people did. So. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, it was so normal. Like that's. I mean, you can see it in the movie how completely normal it is. You know, now mm-hmm. it's like obviously a little. Yeah, no, you can't smoke anywhere. People don't even smoke in. I mean, in terms of movies, you never see someone smoke in a movie unless it's like specifically something with their character mm. where they smoke. But I can't even think of a movie recently where. Or so because there isn't one because people don't do it anymore. Yeah, it's like <laughs> maybe smoke pot in a, or something. In a movie. Yeah. See now, now all I'm hearing is we need to uh, to incorporate this into the podcast. You know, we just need to take mandatory drink breaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah exactly. Oh wait. Well, and zombie has his smoke too. So. Oh yeah, we. I, I'm doing both. I Cheers. Got we are absolutely covered. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I started I started recording today at seven o'clock and I have been drinking ever since. So I got this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I will I will cover all of our bad habits. It's called living. Can we live? <laughs> I will be the demon and just nice. <laughs> So one of my favorite parts that I first, because you know you remember the big moments in the movie, <laughs> but one of the moments that I was this is gonna make me sound like a horrible person. The most hilarious attack was the the children's the party. <laughs> the children's <laughs> party. <laughs> this whole movie is nothing but attacking small children. Dude. Which you know what? I laughed out loud multiple times <laughs> at kids running over. Fall, either falling over and going, ah, or ah. running with like a mechanical bird attached to their back <laughs> as they <laughs> run <laughs> down the street you know, you know like they go on the back and there's the yeah. like ooh, and it's like that somehow signifies death it's like I, I'm right there with you. I have two kids. I have two kids, and I applauded children. <laughs> yeah. It was mostly because, you know what? I raised you, and you're ungrateful. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, you know, much like the birds, there's no way a bunch of kids didn't get hurt making this movie. Well, yeah. There, I, I, there was probably piles of dead birds and probably piles of dead children, too. Either way. Honestly, I'm okay with both. Because well, at least the birds you could eat, people would frown on you if you ate the children. So back then there were no, there were no no rules. Yeah, yeah, there were no rules back then. It was like it's also funny because it's not that long ago, like 1963. (laughs) I mean, Courtney Cox was born the following year. Yeah. But I do want to also point out, since we're talking, it reminded me since we're talking about drinking and smoking. I did think it was really funny uh, how when they were in the bar restaurant and things were kind of going crazy at that point, we didn't have the scene. really cool, big, crazy scene yet. Oh, when she gets attacked by but the bird. When they're in there, yeah, and they're in there. She's there getting, 
like, you know, somebody puts like a fucking whole ass yeah, around her head. That, like, why the fuck? Oh, yeah, that was later, maybe. Um, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I love how they put the bandage around her head, because that is the, like, they don't do that anymore, but that's like the ultimate, like, uh, you are, I am an injured person. <laughs> Just I have a bandage, I have a gauze bandage wrapped around my For forehead. For no specific reason. Yeah, like... <laughs> I love that kind of classic. It's just like, oh, wrap her whole head. Somebody Doesn't... give her a crutch. <laughs> she got like a nick, a nick on her forehead. I know. The nick was up here and the bandage was just across her forehead like a sweatband. But I, but I wanted to bring up, though, that in the bar, I was just like, oh, just classic mo- old school movie making where yeah. the drunk guy in the bar has yes. a thick Irish accent. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, man, we're just going right for those stereotypes. Like we're in a northern California town. And the drunk guy at the bar has a thick Irish accent. And the director's British. <laughs> yes. Or English. Yeah, it's like, Ouch. come on. <laughs> really? I'm not even Irish and I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> well, they played that a couple of times, though. Like the, the nick on the head thing. They played that. Because when she was first coming into town, they played that once where she got hit by the gall, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to like panic and freak out and be like, call the doctor. And someone was going to come and come running and do it. And then with that first kid, and then the kid gets that little bump on the head, and it's like, oh. But then they're inside the restaurant, and and, and like you said, John, it's like you have this one guy, and he's like, you know, back when I was a boy. And it was like, oh, come on. Like, don't do not do this to me now. <laughs> like, don't give me that. Don't give me that, like, Irish lore thing, like, back from when mm-hmm. I was a kid. But obviously something different, right? I mean, it, the whole thing is just a little... <laughs> what? They had that weird. This is where you get kind of the there's like the lore scene Mm -hmm. where they talk about the town in Santa Cruz where something like this happened in the past. Oh, right. Where there was the fog and all the birds crashed into, which I was like, okay. I don't know what that has. The the lore ended up kind of having nothing to do with what was actually happening, which was a little bit weird because in a modern movie, you would do that. That lore would be like, you know, telling, sort of explaining what's going on. Right. They never do that, which is kind of interesting. And what's really interesting too, like not to, I mean, just hop in, I'll hop ahead and then we can come back to where we're at. But towards the end, and he's listening to that radio where all of the issues are localized to Mm -hmm. Bodega. Like they're like, oh, there's some, some issues around, around, but mostly it's Bodega Bay. And you're like, what the fuck is happening in Bodega Bay? Mm -hmm. But then they give you that, they give you that little piece on the radio or like we've had reports of things happening in San Francisco and you know, it's like jumped across the bay. So it's like more of a widespread thing. And that's yeah. they take that localized lore and they start to spread it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they a, do indicate that it's spreading out. Yeah. A bit. Like they say, they give you that impression that it's just starting to move out from Bodega Bay. They talk about Santa Rosa a lot, which is a real, Town it's nearby. It's about yeah, what, it's like close a, by. Well, like another half hour. Although it's funny when, when they were like, "Oh, we got to get her to a hospital," and they say, "We'll take her to San Francisco." I was like, "You know, there's like three there's hospitals like Luma, yeah, like. in between <laughs> Bodega Bay and San Francisco. That's kind of no, that's not a good one." <laughs> yeah, I only have Kaiser. We have to go to San Francisco. <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, okay. I I see what's happening here. It's kind of like." 
obviously people don't know the geography of the area, so it's kind of like San Francisco and Bodega Bay. Mm. And that's kind of the two. They talk about Santa Rosa a little bit, but they don't. There's a lot in between those two places <laughs> that they don't mention. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I want to, as we were watching this last night on Twisted Tuesday, and our, our good friend, Lonely Bob, who has now basically taken this movie and completely fucked it up for me. Um, he he talked about he talked about um, coincidences, we'll call them, between this movie from 1963 and Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Oh, I was gonna say that. Nice. Yeah, and I, you know what, Bob, I love you and I hate you at the same time because. <laughs> You have made me think so hard about this. And there are so many things that are parallels between this and Night of the Living Dead. The yeah. only difference being birds and zombies. But there are so many happenstances in this movie that are so similar. And I, I okay, I'm Grindhouse Zombie, for Christ's sake. <laughs> okay, I love zombie movies. And Bob, you have made me question my entire fucking existence. Okay, <laughs> like I'm gonna have to go get therapy. I'm gonna have to talk to somebody. Um, probably go on welfare. I, I just I don't even know what to do anymore because you <laughs> think so hard about this because there are so many moments that cross between the two movies. Um, and honestly, Bob, if you were here in front of me, I probably would like give you a hug and then punch you in the mouth. Um, <laughs> Because he's right. There are so many things taken that I, that I now see that I think are taken from this movie and put into Night of the Living Dead. It has, yeah. it has shattered my entire existence. And it makes me want to open a little fucking ball and cry. Because um, <laughs> he's right. And I, I, I love Hitchcock. I've always loved this movie. But it's, it's becoming clear to me that there are definitely some parallels and I, it saddens me to think that maybe Romero might have ripped off the birds. I, no, it, it's great that you mentioned that because I had the same thought while watching it about three quarters of the way into the movie when they're kind of like barricading the house and do and it's mm-hmm. and we're seeing that kind of stuff. I started thinking this is basically like a zombie movie, and then. I started thinking, when was Night of the Living Dead made? So I went on Google, and it's 1968. So five years after The Birds. And I was, it's like, yeah, this movie has all the beats and all the basic structure of a zombie movie, and specifically Night of the Living Dead. But it's like the prototypical zombie story where, you know, it's the the slow buildup of the weird thing that's happening where you have the birds, but maybe it's like night living dead where they first see those couple of zombies at the graveyard. And then it gets escalates and you have all the doubters and the people who have seen it. And then you have the barricading yourself in the house Mm -hmm. and doing all that. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of interesting. The gas station scene where you have the gas creeping across and it blows up. Yeah. To your point, the boarding up the house. All these little moments, I, I, you know what, Lonely Bob, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, we it's... Have, 
crush I, I, my I world and I am gonna forever hate you for it. <laughs> you son of a I, mean, I definitely would I don't know if I would go as far as to say that like Romero blatantly like lifted, you know, like kind of took the birds and did this. Cause there's a lot, you know, like the zombie thing, the vibe is kind of different. But yeah, it's definitely like what other movie is there where you have that kind of structure and those kinds of things happening before the birds or yeah. after you know, besides yeah. there's a structure that is similar i think the social commentary piece of it is much much different um yeah i don't think i don't think night of living dead talked about the rich and the poor like uh-huh. the birds did the birds definitely did that did they the- I mean, yeah. Romero has talked about well, the rich and the rich, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The Tippy Hedren or like the Melanie Daniels, you know, uh, money versus the Mitch money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the 1% okay. versus the 0.1%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Bob, brother, I love you, but thank you for completely shattering my universe. <laughs> Makes uh, you want to. Sorry. Oh. Makes me want to check out the uh, the book that this is based on and like see if those if the if oh, the structure mm-hmm. yeah yeah and see if that structure is based on that or well, versus versus maybe something that Alfred Hitchcock put together or something. Well, also though, in fairness, uh, Night of the Living Dead is also heavily based on the story I Am Legend, mm. which yeah. is. The book that I don't know what year the book was written, but it was written a while before. And that's a story about a guy where every in the book, everybody turns into vampires uh, yeah. and yep. it's a guy barricaded. Yep. Yep. In uh, house. 1954. OK, yeah. So, I mean, real like I am legend is kind of the ultimate. Proto- when was that bird's book written? Oh yeah, when's the birds? <laughs> oh, I don't even look for that. Okay, let's see. Thank you, T. <laughs> yeah, um, well, but yeah, no, for sure. Uh, like... fifty-two. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. When is I Am Legend written? Fifty-three. Hold on, let me double check quick. I mean, it's a confluence of influences, yeah. but yeah. for sure. Let me make sure I get the right book. The, the birds movie is doing it first for oh. sure, but it's just birds instead of. But it, but there is a similarity where because with zombie movies the themes can be different, but the similarity with the birds and zombie stories is that idea of especially with Night of the Living Dead we don't know why this is happening it's mm-hmm. just happening mm-hmm. there's no real explanation or right, science like behind it yeah. it's just like dead well, people are just coming out of the ground. Well, but I think this one does that too, though, John, doesn't it? It doesn't ever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's why the birds are doing that. So exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That similarity. Yeah. 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 So it like it's it's taking the one thing that I have loved for the last 40 years and it's it's putting it in doubt. And I okay, you know what, Bob? I'm flying to Japan. I'm gonna slap you in the mouth. (laughs) Oh my god! Well, and he's so right though. He's so right when he points (laughs) out. Similarities, and it's it's for me. It's a little disturbing and a little off-putting. Um, I will say though, I will say that the characters in this movie, when you when you talk about um, Mitch and Melanie, the M and M's, as I've called them, <laughs> um, there's definitely a different dynamic, and it's for me, it's weird to see this movie and to like these people are both on their own plane, sort of like basically stalking the other mm-hmm. but 
it's it's weird that they like sort of are able to like come together and do a thing um and like even at the very end of the movie when melanie is all beat up and she's like because i mean you look at this movie melanie is sort of a badass she really is there's nothing in this movie that like rattles her she just goes through and she takes all these happenstances and she just keeps going and going and going and going and it's right at the very end when she's trapped in an attic and just gets beat to shit by these birds that are like and somebody has to drag her through a door by one arm. Like, that's where she's finally met her match. I mean, I, I, you know, as far as whoever the hero of the movie is, it's her. It just is, you know? Yeah. yeah. She got beat up. That's fine. I, I, I'm okay with that part of it. But she's still the hero of this movie. Um, for sure. Yeah, definitely more than Mitch, even, for sure. Because yeah. she's the one, she's very, yeah. I mean, we, we had all these, like, frivolous, reckless, but she's also very courageous. And what? she and she keeps her shit together while like mom's falling apart, yeah. sitting in a corner, holding on to like Kathy. She's sitting on the couch, shaken but still, you know, not stirred. But, yeah, <laughs> her character. That's her character arc is that yeah. she's the like <laughs> she's the rich shaken but not stirred. <laughs> Although I have to say, when she goes upstairs to check on what's happening in that room, because it's not an attic, it's a bedroom. Right, I was right. like, what the fuck are you doing, Melanie? There's only two outcomes. Birds, no birds. Now, like, why did you want to walk yeah, into the fucking yeah. birds? And not to nitpick, but I do, that scene kind of bugged me slightly because when she opens the door and and is, she's like halfway through the door. She's not all the way into the room and she sees what's going on. Mm-hmm. She could have literally just backed straight through, <laughs> back through but the then door. When, but then when would she get attacked, John? Can't, the way that the door closes by, yeah, I, was getting, I, I was just like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, well, and this is the part that, this is the part that bolsters so much of Lonely Bob's point about like zombie movies. Where somebody is going to go, I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. And they go into the room, and either they come out reasonably whole or whole but bitten, you know. And that's exactly what she does. She comes out whole but bitten, you know. So, uh, damn. But that's. But I was going to say though, her character arc for the movie is definitely that. Pretty good one, yeah. Like, and she has one, and Mitch doesn't. Uh, but hers, you know, is that she's this kind of rich kid who who farts around with whatever. But she's growing up a little and, bit, but she's not all the way grown up yet because she's yeah. still stalking dudes. Yeah, and she talks about it during the movie how she wants to uh, become more serious. And yeah. like, she kind of wants to stop doing that stuff. And then, you know, once every, all hell breaks loose and everything happens, then it's like she's going to, you can tell, you know, she'll be she won't be that same person anymore. She'll be a more serious person. And what's up with the whole mom part? Wasn't that the, like, you know, that conversation that she has with Annie about how attached the mom is to Mitch and how, like... How the mom broke them up. Yeah, and also, Mitch's dad's only been dead for five years. You know, it's like, it's... Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I think Floyd would have a couple of things to say about this relationship, definitely. Um, because Mitch is definitely a mama's boy, mm-hmm. and he definitely has some mommy issues. Um, he, he calls his mother dear. Oh, right. Movie. And that that for me is like, like if if I called my mother dear, it's I think weird. I would probably just shoot myself and be done with it because that that's just like the <laughs> weirdest, most awkward interaction. Um, 
the younger sister i mean okay like i i you know late in life babies whatever else i like that all kind of makes sense and he's trying to be nice and he's you know the lovebirds and whatever else but there is some serious like weird like he can't get like dad has died and now he has to be the patriarch thing but he doesn't yeah. have <laughs> balls to be the patriarch mm-hmm. you know which is why I love Melanie because Melanie comes in and she has the balls to be the patriarch. Because I know I'll be the fucking patriarch. <laughs> exactly, exactly fucking right. And I love that. I love that. He's rad. When I think that ties into why the other girl, Annie, Annie her relationship failed because she, she allowed, wasn't strong enough. <laughs> yeah, she allowed the mom to get between them and break them up, whereas uh, Tippy is not. She's not having none of that, that shit. Yeah. She's too strong for that. It's like, I got enough money to put a lot of miles between us, lady. No, 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 no. The mom actually liked Annie. The mom liked Annie. And yeah, Yeah. she did like her, too. So that was the downfall, though. She liked her, so she was accepted. She didn't have the balls to be, like, like super tough and to overcome all of that. That was Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And so that, that I think, is why the whole thing failed, because she was not quite tough enough to be the new matriarch. That's what the mom wanted. The mom wanted a new matriarch. Mm-hmm. and she didn't quite have the stones to do it. And that know? was that really interesting part where uh, Mitch is trying to, you know, take care. Of sh- they're inside the house, and the birds are attacking. So this is already, uh, oh, we have to talk about the restaurant attack. But, but, yeah, yeah, but, but, the, the but, chaos, right, the but before, famous scene. Right, but before we get into that, since we're talking about the relationship between Mitch and his mom, there's that really awesome, weird little part where they're holed up in their house, and this is right after the birds have come through the chimney, which was a really great scene, too. And uh, the mom loses it on him. Like, what are you going to do, Mitch? What are you going to do? How are you going to fix this, Mitch? I'm like, what the fuck, man? And it's just, it it, uh, it really, that her reaction kind of made, like, again, that sort of, like, inappropriateness a little. Mm-hmm. And again, hints. Not, it's not very heavy-handed. But just like, whoa, like, you should be trying to keep it together for your son, Mitch, too. Not, like, treating him like he's your spouse. Or, I don't know. I kind of wonder if, like, Alfred Hitchcock has a thing about moms because of probably kind of also was reminding me of Psycho a yeah. bit the relationship between yeah. them because the way the mom talks in in the birds is kind of similar to the way that the mom talks Ooh. in Psycho the no. things that she says no man no yeah. man <laughs> well, but I mean when you have a movie that that basically features two protagonists that are basically stalking each other. It, it it almost like levels the playing field. Like, let's just see who wins, right? And then you throw the mom in there, and the mom is like a total wild card, right? But her pull over him is nothing is short of like awkward and weird. Like, just like, yeah. like Mitch, Mitch, why aren't you taking care of this? And he's like, Oh yeah, of course, do you? And it's like, who's Kennedy's father again? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because that age difference was so hard. I couldn't. I was sitting there going, "Wait, she's 11, and he's what, like 28? Like, what's happening right now? Like a 15 year. Like at least, well, I mean, well, he kind of looks like he might be like 31. But again, to your but it was kind of replaying Mitch's prom night. Like what happened there? And like, oh, now I see it. A couple of cocktails on board, and it was like, hey, it's prom night, let's go. And his other sister. Yep. Well, because yeah. they're definitely like, watch it, it's hard because watching it through modern eyes, uh, 
and they would never do this in 1963. But watching it through modern eyes, it really feels like that family is... Not quite. Well, that Mitch is a divorced... That Annie and Mitch were married, Mm -hmm. had that girl as their daughter, got divorced, divorced. and now Mitch is a single Oh, oh, and nobody talks about it. Okay. That's like in my head, that's what the family was. And it kept being jarring that I was reminded that the little girl is actually the mom's daughter. I was like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) They had her late. Well, it kind of makes sense. And then having the having the teacher in be close the whole time so she could like sort of like watch over her and make sure she's okay. And she dies protecting her. Hey, you know that oh wow. Well, that would fit in with and that would fit in with the 1960s kind of vibe because back then it was so culturally taboo, taboo to have that situation that people would have lived that kind of secretive lifestyle. That's true. Where it's That's like, like grandma's at, or mom's actually, wait, no, yeah, grandma's like, actually my, no, mom's like, actually my grandma. Mom is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his mom, but she doesn't. Yeah. 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 Being divorced was actually worse than having a child out of wedlock. Okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. All right. God, so let's go back and talk about the restaurant scene. That yeah. was a pretty rad scene. Oh, Although again, like Melanie, why'd you go to the phone booth? <clears throat> you know, like uh, oh, the stay in the booth. fuck stay indoors, oh. Melanie. First of all, I love uh in the beginning of the, the scene where the chaos happens, I didn't realize like that's an iconic thing. What kicks that off is a super iconic event that you see repeated in comedy movies and TV shows a lot, where uh, they're all gathered at the window and the dude oh. is standing next to the car lighting mm-hmm. his cigar and they're like, "Don't no. drop the match! Don't drop the match!" And he's like, "What? What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you like that? You like nobody's watching. What's that?" Like, He's like, what? And he has his hat. He's like, what? Yeah, he's like, oh. And then he drops it. My favorite part is like, I've always been, and maybe it's because it's it's now so prevalent in our, you know, um, pop culture to to see those explosions that the gushing of gasoline onto the street was giving me an anxiety attack. (laughs) And then when they go to help the dude, the the uh, the attendant, I'm like, hey, somebody stop the fucking gasoline! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why is nobody doing anything but like this fucking river? Of gasoline, like just going across town. It's it's Although, a very you know, modern thing, though, because even nowadays, like whenever shit's going down, everyone would just be recording on their phones. That's true. <laughs> no one's calling for help oh, or anything. Definitely. But the the overhead shot where it's shot from what I have uh, <laughs> called bird cam. This is mm-hmm. yes! when they're over the town. Bird cam was awesome on it. So place. good. Because, yeah. I mean, not only it's yeah. like one bird and it's a bird cam, but then all of a sudden it's like yeah. tons of birds. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's a problem. There's what? always, exactly, there's always one bird going, oh, oh. Yeah, I know. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is like 47 million seagulls. It, uh, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. That was a great, and then of course the the, bor- the burning town below, that was great. But I oh. love the chaos scene went so over the top that it was yeah. hilarious and <laughs> awesome. Like, it, it was like, uh, 
like it reminded me it was like of the air two things like the movie airplane <laughs> like remember in in the movie airplane when they would have the chaos scenes where everybody yeah, would just doing be something different yeah roger roger what's the maker oh yeah, yeah definitely but they would have like in the chaos scene of this movie it would be like you'd see people like there'd be some chaos people running around and then there'd be just like a wagon like on fire like yeah, going through the background drawn, <laughs> like, well this movie though so, it takes it honestly takes chaos to a new level especially when you have after the school and you have all the kids running and there's so many children being attacked and, and falling down. Me that goes oh it's the children there's a piece of me that goes oh you little fuckers you had it coming i i just it's like brutal but painfully honest at the same time like, yeah. every parent hopes like you're gonna stay out too late okay guess what the seagulls are coming for you <laughs> yeah it's eight o'clock do you know where your kids are yeah they're getting picked apart by seagulls exactly. <laughs> my favorite one is in the phone booth right and, and, and then this car drives by. by and the guy in it is getting attacked by seagulls <laughs> and it's driving by <laughs> That was up into the phone booth, though. The phone booth and the cracking glass. There's something about that scene. The cracking oh, yeah. glass. Because you think you're safe. You're like, just stay in the phone booth. Yeah, it, well, exactly. But it's so beautiful. And from all the way around, it just, and like I said, as, as, the, gra- as the glass cracks, and then, you know, as she's in there, and she's just like, <laughs> and she's just, every direction she turns, and it's just like, things are coming. Oh, that, that, that moment is so great. I love it. You know, it's funny because part of me wanted to be critical of how everybody behaved while being attacked by birds. But then I think back on when I was attacked by one single bird. And it's immediately like that. We were like, ah! ah! You're like covering your arms. Yeah, waving your arms. Like covering your eyeballs. And like running like, you know, in different directions. And it is, again, one bird. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the... The thing that kept popping into my head too during the chaos scene, there were two things. Uh, one is, it reminded me heavily of American Werewolf in London. Ooh. The end of American Werewolf in London when the werewolf oh. is running around in the city and everything is just going haywire and people are crashing into the buildings. I wonder if that scene, if he was influenced by the birds, because it Ooh. feels really similar. Oh. But also to bring up... But to bring up Dawn of the Dead and zombie movies, the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead very much pays homage to this scene where you get that super pulled out bird's eye view of the town and you see the gas station explode in the first five minutes of the remake. Yep. Which is definitely an homage. Well, you know, it's uh, it's Hitchcock. Everybody copies Mm -hmm. Hitchcock. And it's, 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 that's such an iconic scene, that shot of, that pulled out shot of the town with the burning gas station and everything. And it's definitely a a matte painting. You can see that, like, the center area is, like, the real Mm -hmm. fire and stuff, and then everything around it is a painting. That must have been so interesting to figure out how to, like, film this shit. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, with... I'm, I'm, is it like Willard? We just like throw fucking birds in front of a camera. <laughs> There's a lot of compositing in this movie where you can see that the birds There's, are added yes. on. Like for example, when they're coming out of the chimney, that was mm-hmm. like okay, so that's it looked almost like an animation or superimposed mm-hmm. something or other. And there's a lot yeah. of weird that was that was one guy going like, should I dump the birds now? Yeah. <laughs> 
a bag of like oh, like, oh my god a bag of birds yeah. <laughs> I think to Holly's earlier point that was before the ASPC was involved in the making of any kind of movies um because there had to be a lot of dead birds there I know same like, with uh, when we watched towards the... oh go ahead John oh no I was just gonna say same with when we watched the, we reviewed Willard, but we also watched the old one, and the old one does a similar thing where they literally throw live rats at people in the uh, Ernest Bergstein, Bergstein, Bergstein. But yeah, I think it's they didn't have those rules then, and they were just like, Ooh. we don't care, they're just birds. But even like the people who are like the wranglers, like don't you give a shit about your animals? <laughs> like, they're like, man, it's money. I don't so, think they did. I think you are the guy that bought the bag of birds. That was okay. yeah. I know, I know a guy. I, I know a guy. Don't worry, I'll get you some birds. I got a bird guy. I got a bird guy. Well, yeah, but then even like get into the end of this movie, and when when Mitch is like starting to do his like, you have Tippy Hedron has been attacked. Melanie Dallas has been attacked. She's been pulled out of the room, um, which was honestly like a great scene where she's like she finally has her hair messed up. She's finally getting more than a little tiny cut on her scalp you know she's finally gotten i mean there's a little bit of satisfaction in watching her get fucked up a little bit there's a little bit of satisfaction there but then as they're going downstairs and it's like time to go you know and they're getting out into the driveway and mitch is like tiptoeing there's something awesome about watching him like tiptoeing through the birds and the birds just mm-hmm. Like you a couple have these, of them like, kind of bite him a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, like all these cooing doves and all these seagulls, and it's like if I had a bag of popcorn, I could thwart you, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just watching the end of that, and mm-hmm. it's so it's so intense and it's so involved. The scene is so involved. There's so much going on, mm-hmm. but they somehow still scheme to make it work. It, it, I I don't know. Just and and then getting in a drop top. MG <laughs> just drive yeah. off. It's like, it's essentially like that yeah. quiet place aesthetic, you mm. know. Because as he's getting attacked, you know, if he makes any sort of commotion, he's just gonna get completely flocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, I really liked when they opened the door, and of course they reveal all the 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 mass of birds that are just standing on the ground, kind of just hanging out. And then off in the distance, you and I'm guessing it's one of those map paintings you were talking about. There's like a little bit of light coming through and like the, just like the, the really beautiful. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's a gorgeous space, right? It's a gorgeous like setting, but you know, it's still like the set of your horror movie. Like I thought that was pretty neat. I liked it, but I did have a slight nip. You have lots of nip. Not a lot, but you said that you had. Go for it. Fucking Captain. I do have a few nitpicks. One is that, like, the first 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. I was slightly annoyed because, like, earlier when we were talking about the first act of the movie, we were sort of adding in information that we find out later in the movie. Right. But really, during the first 20 minutes, we don't know anything about either character. We don't know who they are, what they do, what they want, what we literally don't know. And... There was a couple of points during the first 20 minutes of the movie where I was just like, what the fuck? Like, who, like, what are we doing? Like, who are these people? What are they doing? They're rich San Franciscans, John. And it, it yeah. felt, and it, 
it felt to me like they were setting up this more sinister plot where she had done something like genuinely criminal and he was maybe like an investigator that was following her and, and investigating her and then when you kind of find out later that oh no 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 actually they're actually just stalking each other and they like each they're other flirting. they're flirting it was like oh okay well shit like it felt so much like so much weightier and bigger in the beginning wow. but but i was also annoyed where i'm like what's happening what do we do like who are these people but that's well, a nitpick fair enough fair enough and i'll tell you this john I think that I think that um, as far as your comment about being in, the movie being way more weighty, I think it actually is because I think you are basically what you're doing is when you're when you meet these two characters, you're meeting the two biggest con people in this entire movie yeah. because they do nothing but lie to each other for the first totally. time. and manipulate. Yeah, it's called flirting. Well, well, they're flirting. They definitely are, but they are also manipulating each other and they are conning the shit out of the other one. Because it's what they expect because of their respective skills. That's yeah. what they, right. they expect. Um, yeah, they both come from backgrounds where they kind of con and manipulate people. Like he's a criminal lawyer, so he has yep. to sort of be tricky and and sort of manipulate people. And she's just this kind of rich socialite. prankster socialite who yeah. tricks yeah. people. Exactly. You nailed it. You nailed it. They're perfect but for I, each other. But I think that's where it becomes really fun because they get into that bird shop and they play each other back and forth. And if you look at their faces, they know they're being played, but yeah. they don't care. They're going along anyway. And yeah. I love that piece of it. That's the whole, like, like, are we stalkers? Are we not stalkers? Like, I mean, do we want to like rub our leathers together just to get it over with? Oh, like, I love that. And I just want to point out too, that uh, another kind of cool, like, hidden detail in it is that uh when she's going to the bird shop to order a mina bird is what she's buying at the bird shop which is a talking bird and then we find and then she's a prankster and i was like oh you know she was using that gonna use that bird like in some kind of prank to fuck with somebody and then we find out later that she was going to teach the bird uh, swear words and then give it to somebody as a present. <laughs> you know, you know, I missed the part too. That's hilarious. It's kind of buried yep. in there. Yeah. But... Oh, by the way, no, if you listen, it's. I, I don't honestly don't think it's buried. I think if you pay attention, but they get they get off on her in the bird store pretty quick. Like they like they transition quickly away from her and what her what her intentions were. But yeah, the minor bird was a fuck you bird to somebody else that she knew. <laughs> I think oh, and I was going to say so. Well, it was somebody from the fountain thing. The fountain thing. That oh, she got yeah. Oh, that people. It was somebody that she was going to fuck with from the fucking... The, the people that mis uh, yeah, misrepresented her fountain situation fountain. in Rome or some shit. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say yeah. that uh, um, the the cameo that uh, Hitchcock had, mm. which is when she's entering the bird store... He's exiting with two small dogs. Oh, I didn't. It's very so. quick, and you can barely tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he always has to appear in his movie. Oh, he did. He did love his cameos. He did. Well, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a cameo. It was just like a background shot. But he always loved those. He was in everything. Yeah. I, uh, this Psycho, the Vertigo. Uh, every, he was in. He gave himself a seven-second little shot in everything he did. Right. Why he my awesome. other slight nitpick, although it's barely a nitpick, because. 
the scenes are really good but the scenes where like the you were talking about it earlier like the those kind of last scenes in the movie where they have to move through the birds and the mm-hmm. birds are all there and it's quite i was a little bit like why aren't they just attacking them you know because the birds up to this point are very vicious and are just they're just attacking people and it's kind of not explained in the story they talk a very little much. bit about it where they attack and then they and then they cool down and then they attack and then they, they cool down but don't they fly away when they cool down nobody said that but it was also yeah. you know they were also playing out the panic when they were attacking too yeah and they were saying things trigger them like lights like they had the flashlight oh. uh, huh. and things but it was always meant to be mysterious <clears throat> why they attacked and why they didn't well, it, well no, it, I think I think I think it goes back to being on the isolated island that they were on, and mm-hmm. so as much as this house had light and whatever else, and then after the house was boarded up, the house became, I think, a little bit less of a target, so the birds were calmer, um, mm-hmm. but there were still people there, so the people were, you know, kind of the the main course. That's kind of what the birds. <laughs> were. Yeah, they were fell down because they were on an isolated place. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. It seemed like they were only focused on attacking people because I was wondering, are the birds attacking like animals or, or are they just oh. going after people? We never saw them. It would have been kind of cool to see like a horse getting attacked by a bunch of birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been terrible to be a sheepdog in this island because you would have been. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or a cow. You know, we see a horse get decapitated last week and now Holly wants to see it in that every movie nuts. that we're reviewing. <laughs> <laughs> but also uh, to compare it. Nice. Yeah. To compare it to zombie <laughs> movies, I think this movie is also more than just being like kind of the proto zombie movie. It's mm-hmm. also like it's the this it's the random uh, natural disaster kind of thing too, where right. it's you know we have this weird natural disaster that's happening all around us and we have to survive it and but he kind of put the cool twist instead of it just being something like a, a you know snowstorm or whatever i mean we got uh yes i was thinking we should talk a little bit about how creepy it would be to get Sexually harassed by Alfred Hitchcock, if you're Tippy Hedren. <laughs> oh my God! Apparently, he put it through hell in a bunch of those bird scenes, like uh, the one in the uh, in the bedroom where she's finally taken down. Like that, they he made her go through that scene like a bunch of times unnecessarily, yeah. just to break her down. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I like before this episode, I said I was like, oh yeah, I've heard like some weird stuff about yeah. Hitchcock, but I didn't know. But then I did a quick. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, YouTube, you Google, and sure enough, Tibby Hadron uh, has interviews where she was like, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock basically uh, attacked me and I had to fight him off and he told me he was going to ruin my career uh, after. It was just like, okay, yikes. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, unfortunately a little bit like, but, you know. Well, she was in a bunch of his movies. I mean, she did Marnie with him too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I think ultimately, I think, and I'm going to be painfully honest, T, you do with this what you will. Mm-hmm. I think I live in a world where I understand that as a man, I'm small, and the women that I know are much larger than me, and they always will be. Um, I, breaking this whole thing down, like, 
trying to like harass a woman into doing a scene. I think there's some there, there's some creative stuff there that you have to like you, you kind of got to flex your muscle. But I also know that when I think about all the great, not just horror movies, but movies in general that I've seen, the women always steal the show because they're just better than us. They just are. Um, and I'm okay with that. Being Alfred Hitchcock or being any one of a number of directors or producers or whatever that have done things that are honestly unspeakable. I, I like I see it. I don't like it, but I see it. And yeah. I I would just say that as a person who loves film and I love film, um, it's very rare that I walk out of a film talking about, you know, that male actor did a great job. Um, I usually walk out talking about like the female lead and what a good job she did. Um, and you have to walk that fine line between being pushed and being punished. Um, and being pushed is a good thing. Being punished is not a good thing. Um, but it can also take you to a, like a great place. And in this movie, Tippy Hedren is absolutely the fucking star. She's absolutely the star. I, if, if my wife came home one day in a beige skirt, with a, like a tight blonde curls and she had a fucking seagull on her shoulder, I would give her whatever the fuck she wanted. There's a lot of TV Hedron uh, costumes out there with like the birds attached. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, <clears throat> to make it simple, I'm a, I'm a simple person. I love simple things, but I'm also not a dumbass, and I know that I live in a world where fundamentally, and I believe this, I honestly believe this, fundamentally, every woman that I know is basically better than me. She just has not discovered it Oh, yet. come on. But that's very strange. Oh, I do. No, I do. I believe it. I believe it. Um, and if you don't take your place, then that's on you. But if you take your place, I will, I will stand back in awe <laughs> all day long. Uh, and this this movie from 60 years ago is one of those movies where it shows me that I, I sorry, Tippy Hedren in this movie is a badass bitch. Yeah, she yeah, is. is. Yeah, no, it's definitely ahead of its time for that. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. When she goes to the whole movie and only in the last 15 minutes does her hair even get mussed. <laughs> I know, that's great. So, you know what? I love her. I love this movie. I, I yeah. you know, I I live in a world where I know that my wife, my wife, okay, is better than me, does more than me, is more ambitious than I am. Um, but when it's all said and done, it's like we're still great partners and we still do great things. And, you know, I think people just got to, like, stop fucking worrying about shit that don't matter and just, like, go on and fight the fight that you have in front of you. And this movie does that. For me. It fights the fight that's in front of you. And now, granted, I'm not going to be able to fight off 10,000 pigeons or 40,000 crows. Or even Alfred Hitchcock. I can fight him off because I just, I just drop child them have it. But, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, it's one of those old school horror movies that, like, 
it just it, it takes me to a special place and it makes me feel happy um and this movie still scares me just a little bit it's still, i still i go outside of my work during my day when i'm doing my thing and i stand on this like rickety ass fucking patio and i smoke my cigarettes and when the crows come <laughs> oh, I don't fuck with crows. I want to make friends with crows. Bill scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for for me personally, like the scariest part of this movie is when she's doing one of her smoke breaks with the jungle gym. Oh yeah, that part oh, absolutely terrifies me. When you just see one crow at a time flying into the scene. The monkey bars. The monkey bars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And the monkey bars. Well, and, and she's uh, more of a active hero in the story you know compared to uh, night of the living dead again wow. uh where you know the main barbara, girl in that is very much you, yeah she is oh she, she, she's dead weight useless melanie is not dead weight though. she's always trying to do something Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely. Not she does it right every time, but she's always trying. No, to she do does it. not. Let's get these kids in the street ASAP. At least she did it with gumption and courage. And she's always trying to cover a kid or did try to do it. She's always trying to do something where Mitch is like, "Yes, dear, things will be fine." Yes, dear. Yes, <laughs> he's. Oh, he's, they did a cool thing at the. Melanie's the hero. Totally. And they did a cool thing at the end too, when uh, when they get her out and uh, she's on the couch and she's mm-hmm. passed out, and they wake her up and she kind of freaks out mm-hmm. and she's like, and then she does this thing. She her hands, oh. she goes like a bird, but it's not intentional. It's like oh, it's, it's like a uh, Hitchcock was kind of doing like a little thing, I think. But she does like a little bird mm-hmm. symbol with her hands when she's freaking out at the end. It's but, just a really fun character. Yeah. And at the end, at the end, Melanie is beat to shit. She is absolutely beat to shit. And Mitch is like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. Yeah, Mitch is like five. <laughs> also, why would they take the small car with the fabric top? Why not take the big picture pickup truck? Yeah, they had better cars for escaping in. For yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, well, they took that was her car. They right? had four they people. That's why. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. And also, once you get going, the birds are not going to catch up there easily, right? Well, and I love these old movies where they just go, they play things by the numbers. Mm-hmm. In that old truck, they would not have fit four people. In the MG, they could have fit two in the front, two in the back. <laughs> that's why yeah. but of course yeah it's never and then it kind of ends and we don't really know anything if, you they, know. if things got cleared yeah, up things or... got cleared well we, we do have like that radio report you know where mm-hmm. they talk about you know the birds have been attacking in some nearby areas we're talking uh, Santa Rosa in particular mm-hmm. uh, and then we're also mentioning like the, the military was going to intervene uh, and then, of course, we have Kathy going back to get the lovebirds because, uh, you know, they yeah. were like the only ones that weren't really they affected. They're in a cage out. anyway. <laughs> and they didn't freak out. Is yeah, the thing. they're that lovebirds. But, you know, it, 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 I was thinking about how because with birds attacking, it is kind of an interesting problem because it's like, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. But the one thing I saw that would actually be a pretty good solution that I saw during the chaos scene was the uh, fire hoses. If you fire hosed the birds, oh, you could not, those things are powerful enough. You could knock birds out of the air and you'd be wetting them, which makes it harder for them. You to could fly. also hit them with some gasoline because clearly they have a lot of it and they don't care if it drips anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
So just douse them, light them. Yeah. So what I've heard from here is that John wants to knock him down and get him super wet. That's what yeah, I heard. Yeah. Um, exactly. Good for you, <laughs> 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 and I gotta, I'm here too. I'm I, that's my dream too. That's my dream too. <laughs> but I gotta point out too that uh, in the scene where they're all in the bar and they're all trying to figure out what's going on and what to do, uh, somebody in the bar suggests they say, "Oh, that thing that happened in Santa Cruz where there was the fog and they were crashing mm-hmm. into the building." Let's do, we can fight them by doing that. Let's make our own fog. How? I know, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe they'll do like a tire wait fire. Minutes. <laughs> wait 40 minutes, Jeff says, from yeah. another room. That's just toxic to every living thing around. But I thought, because you know how in oh. modern, you know how in modern movies, uh, if somebody says something like that in a scene, that means they're going to actually try it <laughs> later in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that they would actually try to make their own fog by doing something like starting a fire, but they didn't do it. And uh, we were talking or What's that? No, I was just going to say, that's why the end of this movie is brilliant, because they just have everybody slowly creeping out to the car. Everyone gets in the car. And then they're just sort of puttering away, but you don't really see the end. You just see mm-hmm. them kind of escaping. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how things end, and that's that. I think is why this yeah. movie for me is absolutely brilliant because it gets to the end. It gets to the end, but you don't know that it's the end. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's so ominous because all the birds are still there. They're perching. Yeah, everyone's just just. And I was going to say that uh, we talked a little bit about our special connection to Bodega. So I got married in Bodega. And this church right here. Well, I think not... you got married in a bodega, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this church right here is right next to the schoolhouse. And in the in the movie, oh. whenever there's a schoolhouse scene, you see the back of the steeple here. But you never yeah. see the front of the church. But it's so pretty. Oh. I, I got married right there. <laughs> has special. You know if, you're, if you're living your best life, Holly, you're living your best life. If you're not, then... Try again. That's, that's just good. that's just life, right? In our and then our favors are like our wedding favors. We put birds on shit. Oh, nice. <laughs> I can bring them. Okay, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, there should have been bird poop on everything. <laughs> also, that scene where they're cleaning up the house when the birds come through the chimney. The house wasn't nearly messed up bad enough. There should have also been feathers and just stuff everywhere, but it was a little bit tidy in there after that attack. Oh, and also my other little thing I had to bring up, just like trying to outthink the characters. Uh-huh. You know, the birds were coming through the chimney, so they made a fire, which is a smart thing to do to keep the birds out of there. But I was like, just take the couch cushions and start jamming yeah. the cushions up into the chimney to keep the, right. to keep the birds out. So I don't know if you can tell what that says. Oh, is that? It's hard to say with the reflection. Yeah, it says, uh, Joe and Udera, and then, uh, oops. <laughs> Bodega Bay, California, September 21st, 20, 2013. Mm-hmm. We put a bird on it. <laughs> Very nice. Very you nice. should have had one of these. You came to my wedding, John. Yeah, I don't think I got one of these. You should have. All right. Well, he's going to keep that you one. Make- <laughs> You should make them more. I buy a couple. Yeah. 
But so I also did think this movie, this movie also did kind of vaguely remind me of Psycho a bit in terms of its basic structure, where in Psycho you have this story that's unrelated about the woman stealing the money and she's going to go run away with the money yep. she stole. And then it takes this hard turn right. with it's not the, the house. And this, yeah. yeah, and this movie has that same kind of vibe where it's the characters and their whole interaction and then you take this hard turn with the birds and the attack with the birds. I mean, it's general, but it kind of reminded me of that feel of like, where it's almost a miss, the first half of the movie is almost like a misdirect in a way, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, this is yeah. not, this isn't the story here. You know, the story is the craziness that's like every, about to yeah, happen. Yeah, every character's got a bunch of, like, backstory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so Hitchcock had mommy issues. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> must have. <laughs> and a thing for blondes. He must, yeah, and a thing for blondes. For oh, sure. yeah. I'm, I'm guessing mommy was blonde because there's really no <laughs> other explanation. Uh, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. That that and she liked her chocolate ice cream with a little bit of chocolate syrup on top. Yeah, I yeah, I still this movie for me, um, one of the earlier earlier horror movies I've ever seen, and and one of the ones that I like I've loved throughout time. I just have, and watching it last night, and I hadn't seen it in probably, I'm guessing five or six years. I hadn't seen it. It is, it is still solid. It still holds up. It's still pretty horrific. Um, but it, it, it gives you that. Um, and thanks again, Bob. <laughs> um, like it, there's definitely like things coming up on society, things attacking us, things that we can't stop, things that we don't understand. Um, like a giant, like why? Like a why? Why is this happening? And th this movie definitely does that. Mm -hmm. that like I just yeah. know what's happening, but I ha I have to survive. So very influential mm -hmm. movie, maybe more than uh, Psycho, even really. You know, because when yeah. you look at the template for the birds, that's a far more used template in modern horror movies than Psycho is. Mm -hmm. Because that was it's something I was, you know, obviously Alfred Hitchcock is a hugely famous, like iconic director, but you know, not to be negative, but a lot of his movies are not necessarily that relevant anymore. I, I would say that maybe The Birds, the and big one, Psycho, Vertigo, Psycho, yeah. Birds, but even I think Psycho and Birds are probably the most still <laughs> relevant movies that he's made even those like vertigo's awesome and north by northwest tightrope or he made a movie called rope rope I don't know if it was it's the same one it's, yeah i was i always call it tightrope by accident okay one of my favorite movies too i'll recommend not a horror movie from alfred hitchcock is lifeboat oh that's right you were talking about that oh, one. i yeah. love that yeah. that's another movie that is very like uh ahead of its time and becomes like a template for modern movies because it's the movie it also similar to night of the living dead and movies like that that's a story about a group of like seven or eight 
radically different people all forced into a dangerous situation together and then they have to interact with each other and get along with each other to survive the situation mm. and they're all completely different people with different backgrounds which is so well, I, would, I would suggest john if you haven't watched it have you seen amusement park with the romero one or yeah, yeah. The, i haven't seen that yet that's the lost romero movie mm-hmm. yes yeah, if you want to, if if you want to feel relevant slash irrelevant at the same time, watch that movie. Your, your ears might rain. That would be my only comment. Well, it, it's the weird part because I am in the middle of being the young and being the old mm-hmm. in that one, and so I'm like sort of torn about what. <laughs> like I, like, what am I supposed to feel here? But like I, kind of completely. <clears> throat> throat> so and. A lot of people don't like that movie, but I I think that it is a good a good telling slash foretelling of how we treat the older people in our society now. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're they're basically irrelevant. But it, it, if you go through it, it basically says to you, uh, maybe they are, but at the same time, you will be there someday. So how mm-hmm. do you feel about that? It's it's creepy as hell. It's creepy for me. It's creepy as hell. I, I watched that movie. I just, I, I got goosebumps and I had to like slowly kind of be like, oh, <laughs> there it comes. Okay, and it, mm. it, it kind of freaked me out. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, getting back to the birds. Um, I, man, this movie, I love it. I've loved it forever. Um, was part of my, part of my growing up and the. The late night Saturday night, um, uh, like here's the horror movie of the week kind of moment. Um, but man, I mean, just between the the kids singing at the school, always just freaked me out. It's always freaked me out. <laughs> still does. Yeah, that's still does. Um, the boarding up of the house freaks me out still. Um, uh. Oh, the oh. guy. What about, remember they found the dead guy with his eyes? <gasps> this, oh, we forgot to talk about that. That was creepy as yes. shit. That's pretty good. Yes. Well, and, but but like just like saying that, there are so many individual mo- moments of this movie that are between her lying her ass off at the bird shop because like I, I can think back to my, like my first days of being a kid and having a job and like being in retail and there was always some girl that could lie her ass off and just make things work always was like Ugh. um going out to to bodega bay for the first time and her just like trying to play her magic and she does it so well she makes everything work in her favor and that just like was like how the fuck can i do that and it was like oh, that's right I'm well, not it was blonde. the extra mile for sure well i'm not blonde and wearing like the perfect garters and have sweet boobs and what I, I can't do that. It's just not what I'm going to do. So it was always you choose thing. not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Holly. I choose not to do that. Yes, um, you can have some sweet boobs tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I, think I got them right now, but okay. <laughs> um, but just going through the home and, and, and her ability to adapt to every situation up until right. that one point, and then when she's no longer able to adapt, she sort of becomes like almost a almost a victim. Almost, but not quite. Um, and I just, I love that about her character. I, I love the fact that, I mean, 
let's be honest here. This whole movie, Mitch is a little bit of a bitch. He really is. Like the, whole, the just, he, he he is just like he's that kind of show up on. Look at me, I'm wearing khakis. Let me show up when the birds are done fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Everything's done. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I was that guy. I wasn't sure yeah. if I should mention it because it's so random, <laughs> but also not random. But they say the name Mitch a lot in the movie. They say Mitch frequently throughout this movie. Yeah. And because I'm sort of demented and brain broken, every time they said Mitch, I I thought of Mitch Cumstein, uh, who is Mitch Cumstein is a we always mention him as a joke. He's a character from Caddyshack. Um, uh, if you're a Caddyshack fan, he's not a real character in the movie, but. Uh, He's mentioned by Ch- Chevy Chase, but every time they said Mitch, just because I'm a fan of that movie, I was like, Mitch comes, dude. <gasps> but can you? Can't put um, time. Let me move up. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait, just move the thing over. Yay. Nice. But yeah, no, it's, doing like, it. uh, it's a great movie. She needs an only cats account. Get attacked by birds and cat assholes. <laughs> Yeah, they could do you know like if I could cat. choose between the two? <laughs> I would choose the assholes. They should do a cat attack movie. <laughs> oh, cat attack movie, that'd be cool. Like the birds, but with cats. They can get you. They can the get you, yeah. Your, your cat teeth. hates me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a great uh, movie. Definitely uh, one of the good old, you know... Sometimes older, so well. yeah. Sometimes older horror movies, you have to kind of be in that mode of liking those kinds of movies. But mm-hmm. this movie's more modern, it's and it, more... it just it grabs you from the get go, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't. Um, there's some. There's always something interesting happening, even mm-hmm. in like the downtimes, which mm-hmm. is really great. Although they did have, uh, I was thinking one just to also nitpick the uh, the <laughs> riveting. The riveting chicken feed scene. Oh! Where two, the two main characters are sitting in the background having a highball while uh, the mom is on the phone with the store about how the chickens won't eat the feed. Because the chickens are acting up. <laughs> the chickens it's are acting up. It's the first act of, you know, rebellion from the birds. Oh, that's, what's, that's what the problem is. Part. The kids stopped feeding all the birds, so then they just want ham on them. Well, this is so this is so funny. So I work with a young lady who raises chickens and I, I build her wooden things that help support her chickens. And she gives me eggs. Nice. As, like, as um, and that chicken scene was just like, I had this moment where I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I'm helping the crazy chicken lady. Great. <laughs> but it's actually a thing. But this is that's one of those scenes that if it was in a modern movie, it would have been about 10 or 15 seconds long. But in yeah. this movie, it's a it's solid five <laughs> minutes. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, we're no, still doing right. this. You're we're right. still yep. having this scene is still going. <laughs> but that not a big deal. Oh, but the mom, know. oh, the mom, I kept recognizing just the famous Jessica Tandy. Uh, oh, the mom oh, yeah. who because yeah, I, mean, I kept recognizing her you know she acted what all the way into her you know her, 90, nice. she's in the 
batteries not included. I don't know if you guys are yeah. <laughs> but she's in tons of even you know tons of modern movies. I see she died like ten or twenty years ago or whatever. But but yeah. In this movie, I hate to say it, she's still kind of hot. She's, yeah, no, she was a try. I was like, oh, oh she's I looking pretty good. The only thing momish about her. Outfit and her mom hair that she mm-hmm. was wearing. Otherwise, it's like yeah, that. I would have. I'll tell you what. I would have washed that gray out of her hair. I totally would. <laughs> 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 the thing, so in, like, in 1963 years, I mean, in, in to us, she looks like she's like in her 50s. Mm-hmm. But in oh, 1963, years, she's probably like yeah. in her late 30s, early 40s. Oh, God. Oh, Let's yeah, look it up. Oh, Jessica Tandy, 1963. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but that was the but that was the whole thing. I mean, with 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 Tippy Hedren, I think Tippy Hedren was in her early twenties. Yeah, and Mitch the bitch was like seventy five or whatever he was. He was just he, he like was late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. I would I would say. But and it was Jessica Tandy, and she. I mean, but she still had that. I don't she know. Nice face, face. So I, well, I don't know what this says about me, but she had that beautiful hair. Just I. Uh, Sorry. She's a lot younger. I'm so used to seeing her old. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, she was she was beautiful. She was beautiful and I it was it was kind of hard to watch her because like as somebody who has a really um dependent mother, um I, like I get it. <laughs> like I totally get it. But it's just kind of sad to watch and it actually makes me feel like I'm doing a terrible job as a son and I should rethink my life choices. But <laughs> Um. Anyway, <laughs> the overbearing. Uh, oh yes. But then she comes. Oh no, she dies, doesn't she? Does no, she get no, killed? No, Does she, she survive? Oh, yeah, she she, she actually yeah. holds uh, Melanie That's in right. the car, and then like mm-hmm. they have this like little scene where Melanie's like really vulnerable because she's so like stirred, and um that the mom holds her and like, you know, kind of treats her like a daughter. Right. Right. Which that's kind of her character arc too, is yeah. that she is now going to be okay and accepting with, she's not going to be a uh, bitch anymore. Well, but gives her the same love that she gave Anne, the tool here. That was the whole thing because she, yeah. she really liked Anne, the school teacher, but Anne had a bit of an edge. I really liked the character of Anne. Like she wasn't some like sweet oh, yeah, school yeah. teacher. She had like, she had like a little bit going on, you know. She was smart. She was sassy. Oh yeah. She was like, I really liked him, but was there? And I don't know if this was just me being yeah, weird, yeah, but yeah. It, was there like a bit of a like Anne was maybe attracted to Tippy Hedren? I don't see why not. It sort of <laughs> felt like there was like a maybe a little bit of a like. I mean, Jess, Jess definitely was in the oh, chat. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Jess definitely was in the chat because you know when uh, when Grindhouse was calling them Eminem, you know she's like, yeah, she would she melt, she would melt in my hands. For the record, that was just advantageous to me. <laughs> like, okay, I only got one to take care of. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, but I mean, but but. Between hip, Tippy Hendren and Suzanne Plachette, I mean, they have this because she comes to town and she like fakes her way through this entire thing. She like, and she does. She fakes with, but Suzanne Plachette is like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on board. You know, I mean, there was definitely a like, yeah, we can pretend to be old school chums if you wanted to. 
I, 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 I <laughs> was this that. an all-girls yeah. school we went to? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was a clam digger school, and everybody went there, and everybody passed. Yeah, I, I totally. I mean, but I mean, there there is a little bit of a like a for 1963, like a little bit of like a humming sexual tension there, and I mm. honestly, I'm. Yeah, I'm seems like they're okay with it. I think we're imagining it, but let's go ahead with it. <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I want it to be true. It could definitely not be there, but it, it's you know how they would handle things like that back because they it was way too taboo to literally talk about oh. stuff like that back then. Well, there was actually a movie in the '60s all about like two school teachers who were gay and living together, and they get outed by one of the students, oh. and then one of them kills him herself. What's, what, well, that sounds fucking happy and awesome. Thanks for that, Holly. <laughs> I'll look at the... Buzz Tillenton over here. Yeah. <laughs> the Children's Hour? The Children's Hour, I think it's called. But yeah, yeah. No. Well, I, will, I will find it, and it sounds awesome, but like for tonight, yeah, not the wrong It's not a happy one. one. <laughs> also, don't watch Midnight Cowboy. That one's really fucking sad, too. I found out the hard way. <laughs> I guess I should have yeah, known. Okay. Hey, Cowboy right. New York. He's not gay. He's a hustler. He's, it's going to be sad. It's yeah, going to be yeah. sad. 1970s. Just remember, it's it's not gay if you like it. That's, that's, it. <laughs> that's matters. It's not gay if you like it. My, my favorite is like, you're we're all a little you. gay. Let you're it go. Just, just like what you, you want to like. It's fine. <laughs> well, and, well, and the whole thing is so fucking stupid. It's like, like if if you're down, then who cares? Like, it does, the rest of it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it just doesn't matter, you know? And yes, I would have loved to have seen Tippy Hedren and Susan Plachette just mm. bumping donuts all night long. <laughs> I would have loved that. Okay. Well, let's see you mention till later tonight. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Going to bed soon? Because <laughs> I have been, I have I have literally been recording for almost five hours. So I'm gonna go to bed. I, I'm gonna take a piss and then and then I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but um I will dream warmly of <laughs> Suzanne Plachette and Tippy yeah. Hedren bumping donuts and then Holly coming in going, yeah, bitches, you're doing it right. I will <laughs> My favorite that. thing, though. <laughs> Sorry, when she comes and she's like, oh, can I get the room? She's like, yeah, fine. Where's your luggage? And she just shows her a, a, a brown bag. I was like, yeah, I, damn, yeah. you bad That's bitch. It. That's fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love you because you brought very little to the program. I love that. <laughs> Huh? The, was yeah. the implication she just went and bought that? Yeah, she that bought a, a nightgown and that was it. Definitely, but the lack of baggage—that's yeah. the big thing. I have no baggage. I had this brown sack of shit. That's all I have to bring. I'm rolling with the punches. I didn't plan for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, I'm here. What do you? Think? I want to be Mel- uh, Melanie uh, Daniels. This sounds like a great fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> well, from, from here on out. Holly is going to be known as Melanie Daniels. That's it. Uh, we, we can't change that. John's going to be yep. known as Mitch. John, you got to be Mitch. Mitch Comstein. <laughs> Mitch Comstein. Yes, you're going to be Mitch Comstein. Do you guys know what I, I'm talking about? Have I, you I, don't, I, I, do. I, I do. I do. I actually do. I do, too. I do, too. I do. I, we have a Caddy Shack restaurant like 20 minutes from my place. Oh, what? Yeah. No way. Is it, Bill, is it owned by Bill Murray? He does. I honestly, I'm trying to think if he does own it. I'll have to double check on that. Because he does frequent it. Have you been there? Yes. I want to go there. My sister lives in Chicago. Let's go to Chicago. Yeah. To to finish my thought, 
T is mm. going to be a seagull, and I'm going to be the monkey bars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, if you want to come hang out, just come hang out. <laughs> okay. It's uh, the Murray Brewers Candy Shack. Nice. Oh yeah, the brother. Yeah, he like he, I think he owns it with his older with his mm-hmm. brother who's in the movie. Bill or Brian Morgan. Brian Murray. Okay. Brian Doyle. <laughs> He's the uh, pick up that blood. So, so all in all, my friendly crew, what do we think of 1963's The Birds? What do we think? What's that? What do we think of 1963's The Birds? Oh, good. Yeah, definitely. Still holds up definitely. really well. It's a classic for sure. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. All right. And I think so too. I think so too. I, I'm, proto, I'm, prototypical. I'm, Proto- horror movie, prototypical horror movies. What I was saying, like definitely influential horror sure. movie. And you know, it's stuff. funny. It's like you know, uh, a lot of these classics. You for you kind of not forget, but you get so worked up about other shit that you, you, uh, you just when you go back and watch them, you actually pay attention. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's right. That's why it's so fucking like popular because it's really rad. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm right there too. And I, you know, and, and I'm glad you guys gave this 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 movie it's like it's due cause because this is one that has like been with me since i was a kid literally a kid oh totally yeah um but it's it's so good it's so scary it's uh such a commentary on society and the- but yeah it it's Honestly, I think forever going to be like in my in my top ten of movies that are impactful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many moments in this movie where, like, as a person, just as a person, like you can see yourself in that position, and it's not a function of what happened, but more of a like a function of what would I do. Um, and it's kind of a big a big reason why I love this one. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Just, just go ahead. Thank I want a cat now. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want. <laughs> I gotta hit the bathroom too myself. Oh, <laughs> shall we wrap it up? Uh... No, no asshole. <laughs> Nope, no asshole this time. Uh, but yeah, so obviously this will be wrapping up our zoophobia uh, discussion for the month. Um, I don't think we officially picked anything. I know we're talking about fear of cars. Yeah. Was that yeah. the next one we were going to do? We can. Oh, I, 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 I'm calling Christine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm doing it. <laughs> well, we good. have to do uh, over, overdrive. Yeah, Matt Mac- Mac- overdrive. overdrive. Right. Oh, Fuck. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. That would have been my first choice, but I'll take. Yeah, okay. Yep. Definitely. Okay. We'll have to figure out some others. Um, I'm going to do the one I mentioned last week that I recommended to you guys because of the slasher tropes it does and un- go unhinged with Russell Crowe. Oh. What oh, is it? Yes. Unhinged? Yes. Nice. And I'll have to think of Well, that. yeah, we'll need, we'll, we'll, need, we'll need one more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna have to like. I'm gonna search around for another car movie. Okay, mm. I got this. It's fine. I'll get this. Uh, Titan, of course. There's that. Yeah, like the the other oh. like primary classic that would be good would be like The Hitcher, 
would be the other one. Oh yeah, true. Oh god, yeah. oh Titanic. Kind of so, nice to do a new movie. Oh, and I, I just want to drop a random. I'm not going to explain this, but it, for the in the theme of the next month's The Fear of Cars, mm-hmm. just Google Cussy. C U S S Y. Cussy. Cussy. You know what you mean? D U S S Y. Just look that up mm. for for the next month. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right, so we got Fear of Cars starting for uh, April. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, I want to thank everyone for joining us for another episode of Panda with Scare. I want to thank our returning guest, Zombie Grindhouse. Thank you so much for being here and uh, having a selection for this week. Really good to revisit some of the classics just because, you know, it's not every week that we're really going back to uh, revisit, like, movies from, like, the 40s or 60s. 40s? <laughs> How old do you think I am, <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, in regards to, like, the classics, we've only done a couple within, like, that, those three decades. All right, well, this was only 63, so, I mean, it was really 11 years before I was born, so. Mm. Anyway, super fun, guys, super fun, and like I said, I I appreciate you indulging me in my dusty classic, but it's still (laughs) such a fun thing. Sometimes old is not bad, and that's just how it goes with horror. Nice. Yeah. All right, so we're going to hit the hay and get the heck out of here, and we'll see you guys back next week. You guys take care. All right, love you guys. See ya. See ya.